0: Just go to Indeed.com/slash Blue Wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Bluewire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey Rotoviz radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center Podcast. And I've got a special deal for you today. Go to Rotoviz.com. delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope, this one, and of touchdown, this time going deep for Beckham Jr., they catch it, he did,
1: Hello, everyone, welcome back to RotoViz Overtime on His Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined, as always, by my co host here on the podcast, it is Sean Siegel. You can find out all Sean's great work, as always, up on rotoviz.com. And we had a great show on Tuesday where we talked through one of his recent pieces as to how you can go ahead and help win yourself the FFPC best ball tournament and uh, come away. With a hundred thousand dollars plus uh, in terms of of the contest, so that was a fun one. We will be talking about that in upcoming shows. I know we have a few drafts, and this week we'll probably recap some of the uh, the ways they played out. Uh, maybe even next week. So, looking forward to today's show. A topic that we do get shown a lot It comes in. Uh, through emails it comes in through twitter uh, i'm sure it comes in through the site channels as well Is auction st- um, and how to go about calculating auction values so for those people who reach out for those people who ask those questions we have a treat for you today we're going to be talking auction values and some of the the ways to be able to do that matt spencer had a, a terrific piece up on the website uh, this past week um, and i would highly recommend checking it out. but we are going to be uh, doing a little bit of a review of that today talking through some of uh, Matt's work and, and some of our thoughts as well. So it's gonna be a good one, Sean. Uh, auctions are, they're always a, a tricky one to evaluate, but uh, Matt's done a great job here on this one.
2: Yeah, and anybody who's been reading Matt's work on the site knows just how fantastic it's been. We've gotten rave reviews for almost all of his articles. So uh, get to the site, check him out. And auctions, auctions are the best, right? I mean, they're more fun than snake drafts because you can get your guys and or you can get the values that you want to get. You can use the strategy that you want to approach the league with without being constrained by the fact that you only have one pick uh, every 12 spots. And sometimes, if you're at the turn, you've got to wait even longer than that. So, the auction gives you the freedom to play a much wider range of strategies and to, to pick the guys that you really want at the values that you think they are truly worth it. Now, this process of calculating the auction values is something that we do get asked about. Matt's done a great job here. Dave Caven has done a series of really good articles on auctions. So check out the two of them together. Look for the areas of overlap. Look for the ways that you can use each of their approaches to make the strategies better. Matt talks about how Defining the auction values is really just a simple exercise in value-based drafting. So you need to have your projections, you can use the Rotobiz projection machine for that or any other source that you have for your projections and then calculate the replacement value, calculate the values for these guys and then transform the values when you look at replacement and come up with the auction value to the overall rank. So that's a matter of creating the curve you see represented in the values that you've calculated. Now, the cool thing that Matt has done here is he shows us the two curves. We, he has the curve that represent his auction values and then the curve that's represented by the projected bids. And the thing that we see is that top players are pretty heavily overvalued. Now we can look at that in a variety of different ways. Number one, just how we wanna construct rosters, but number two, you know how accurate are you in terms of predicting who is going to do well? Matt looks at this in a couple of different ways in the article, but talks about how you can use the best ball win rate explorer, one of our favorite tools, to look at the historical win rates. And you can see that they have a curve that is similar to his replacement base curve that he shows. So we're getting some reasons to believe that his numbers are the accurate numbers, right? They fit with our results in the best ball win rate explorer. But one of the things we also see is that the win rates are sort of all over the place. You have some of the highest win rates at the beginning, but also some of the lowest win rates. Part of that is injuries. And part of that is this inability to actually predict the future very accurately in a football context where you have a limited number of results. You have big plays strongly affecting the scoring. Blair against had some fantastic articles on this in his wrong read series where he talks about, how both expert rankings and ADP are just much less accurate for predicting the final year-end numbers than we would probably think, okay? So one of the things that we wanna do is we wanna approach our draft with humility. Well, that brings us right back to what Matt has done here. He's suggesting that we probably shouldn't pay as much for the top guys as most people are doing, but then once we get around pick 50, that's where the value is. Now, Calum, one of the things he mentions here, and, and this was sort of a, a fun shout out to the recent article that Blair did on our Rotoviz Dynasty draft, where we did a bunch of trading down. There's a similar kind of element in an auction. If you're going to bid really heavily on the players around an ADB of 50, as this Thing that you can accomplish by trading down in some kind of startup or any league really where you can trade during the draft itself obviously in normal redraft leagues we don't have as much of that kind of trading so colin thoughts on really attacking auctions around this adp level of number 50 overall
1: when we were starting this that was one of the questions i was going to ask you is you know in terms of how this has worked out and how that draft worked out for you is i think like the smart play here is to to try and target some of those guys that are going with, uh, basically, if you're doing your draft, they're going with a kind of fourth, fifth, sixth round ADP. And I think if you can build out your depth there. So in terms of this team here, there's 18 bench spots, 10 uh, starting spots. So it's a uh, 28-player draft. And if you think about the depth that you can have you know, throughout that team, if you're going in that range, very, very similar to if anyone listened into the the shows that we did recently with the the draft that, that Sean did, um, trading back, I think you can take the same approach here and not get the real, real, real top end talent, but really stock up on that that mid level talent. And when we're looking at it in terms of how the draft shakes out, maybe some people do burn out all their all their cash in those bigger, those higher end players, and might leave some opportunities as well for. Uh, players slightly above that range but i I do think sean um my my target here would be kind of getting you know 10 to 12 of those mid-range guys instead of having two or three of the really top end talents to try and keep that roster moving along
2: and it's going to depend a little bit on your format so uh matt's talking about some different ways you can approach and how you can create values for your auction that give you some good number values for bids one of the things that we want to do and he gives four rules for an auction number one know your league and make your budget number two wait out your league mates and avoid the overpriced nominations at the beginning number three don't fixate on particular players instead strike on values and number four make sure you leave enough money for your bench the, the other thing i would throw in there is that when you do have good numbers attached to the players, so and you can feel comfortable with them because you've done this exercise then you have the guts to bid early too if it takes a couple of guys to start it flowing. So one of the things that I tend to see, and this has been addressed a little bit as owners have gotten a little more familiar with the auction, but sometimes those first four or five guys that come off the board are at a discount, right? People aren't really freed up yet. Maybe they want a top guy, but they don't want that top guy. And so the player goes for less and then you have a 10 to 15 player range where the values are just insane and that's where you you have to really wait that out you can't bid at that level it also can depend a little bit on your clock and how much time people have to make decisions in some of the slow auctions you can see these early guys go for insane amounts of money too and so you have to wait that out so when you have good numbers attached you can feel very confident about how you want to attack. And then once you start to get any values, you can really go after them. So the next thing we want to talk about, Colin, again, is just particular players. When we look at this uh, ADP 50-ish range, and we know we can reach above that as some of those guys come down, obviously we draft in that next group, which Matt would suggest by his research is undervalued. We have a lot of our targets there.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply. Need to hire you need indeed.
2: Looking at the running back position, a couple of the guys that we talked about on Tuesday in terms of Travis Etienne and Javante Williams, even though those guys are rookies, This is a range and a price that I like. I think that there's a decent chance that they get quite a bit more expensive if they look good and drafters feel comfortable that they're gonna dispatch of the veteran, even in uh, ETN's case, unfortunately that veteran is just a second year player in James Robinson who really deserves to get more run. What other running backs would you be targeting in this ADP 50 to say ADP 80 range?
1: They they are the two. The other one you mentioned there that I am intrigued a little bit by is James Robinson. Um, you know I think we might have like it is. It's a tough situation for him. Um, uh, you know an undrafted running back having a great season. This was the fear was that then they you know take a first round running back, which is exactly what happened. He could be a, he could be interesting there. Um, the other one that could be interesting is Mike Davis. But you know we we've seen up on basically last year not a huge amount from Mike Davis, a player who. If I remember correctly, we both liked for for quite some time early in his career, um, but it, it didn't really work out until Christian McCaffrey went down last year. So now with the Falcons, he's somebody who I'm not a hundred percent sure is going to be the, the starting running back there. They did give him a two year contract, but not a huge amount of money involved. But um, I'm just want to on it. What is your thoughts on on Mike Davis? Do you think he? he could be like a tree down back and that situation making him a value in the fifth round, or is he somebody who you think is in the dead zone?
2: Well, he's, he's definitely in the dead zone, right? At the same time, <laughs> their offense should be explosive enough. Although I think that the loss of Julio Jones makes a big difference, right? I think that we can't talk about them in quite the same way. I don't think we can think, okay, well, Kyle Pitts immediately fixes all that, immediately solves the issues. Now Calvin Ridley and Pitts running wild. You've got the dome. You've got Matt Ryan. They're going to score a lot of points. It's a little bit different situation there. They do have one of our favorite undrafted guys on that team. That might still be the direction that I'm looking at going. But one of the things that Mike Davis is the Falcons haven't just put together a weak depth chart. I mean, they've put together a depth chart where... It's very difficult, even with Davis not being a star, showing down the stretch in the second half of the season last year with Carolina. He's a very difficult guy to lean on. He's a, a good backup, a good role player, a good change of pace player. But it's just not fair to him, and it's not fair to your offense to lean on him but it's hard to see where the Falcons really have that much in the way of other choices. So I can understand the pick there. I can understand the Miles Gaskin selection. Gaskin probably in a similar situation, a weaker offense, but he's a little bit bigger talent. And then Chase Edmonds coming back around in round six, another very similar guy. I mean, those are the three players where they're not being priced as star starters but they are being priced as guys who are going to be the lead backs in offenses that'll move the ball to an extent, right? I mean, the the Cardinals probably much more even than the Falcons this season should move the ball. And Edmonds has the potential pass catching element with it as well. So there are reasons to draft those guys. One of the things that we do know is that when you have the option of taking the backup to those types of players, the win rates tend to be very good. The problem in the first two instances are that it's, it's difficult to find that player. With the Cardinals, if you still like James Connor, he comes in in round nine. Probably the better way to play that depth chart, even though, yeah, when I mean, we do think that the Edwards is going to score more points and has the more valuable element of the workload. So again, one of these things where if you don't have a huge difference on your board between Edmonds and Connor then maybe you just prefer to have Edmonds there. But now we get back to one of the things that auctions will allow us to do, which is take one of our preferred strategies and really amplify it and make it that much better. We're having a hard time finding running backs in this area. Not surprisingly, because it is the dead zone, we're going to be light at running back and likely very, very heavy at wide receiver. Some of our favorite targets. Again, we talked about this for the best ball show. They're still very good targets in an auction, perhaps even better targets in an auction because you're not limited to one per round. You can get many of them. So DJ Moore, Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson, uh, Higgins, Brandon Ayuk, DJ Chark, Tyler Boyd, Jerry Judy, you know, maybe we can get all of those guys. And suddenly we're looking at a starting lineup, whether you're in a normal redraft or you're in a best ball where it can really blow the top off by optimizing the points from those guys every week. You have this wide receiver attack that looks very very dominating
1: yeah really what this sets up perfectly for is uh exploiting the dead zone so we have the dead zone of these running backs you were asking who we might like i asked about mike davis when we look at those names that you went through there's a reason that that's the dead zone there's a there's still you know 10 to 15 running backs in there and the likelihood is that a lot of them are going to fail and that guys you mentioned like james connor who's going basically close to you know three to four rounds after chase Edmonds may end up being the the lead back there you know that's the way it's going to going to fall out so i think it sets us up to get those guys you mentioned to moore godwin johnson higgins now, if you can get you know higgins Ayuk, chark boyd even those four guys uh you're setting your team up for a, a lot of success you know young talented wide receivers well i'd say the boy Boyd's obviously more of a veteran but you're getting getting that upside there so i'm all about uh cashing in on those um those those wide receivers the other position that gets interesting you touched on this on the show earlier this week is the the tight end position in these ranges Is we're seeing guys who um you know are are either a little bit older who have had some success so we'll put logan thomas in that and then we have noah fantu as a high draft pick who there's still a lot of upside there but we just haven't seen it happen fully so there is there is those uh, tight ends there but I think when we look at the tight end position uh, the only other guy that I'd be of interest to me really in the, this range you know that we're looking at would be Gisicchi. Um, I think we are quite set in what the tight ends would be um, but we can still get those tight ends uh, and I think at a good value uh, a lot cheaper than I know our approach is to try and get those elite tight ends but and this uh, auction format would be would be quite uh, tricky.
2: Yeah, so if we sell the first three rounds, say, then we can come back in and we can get Hawkinson, we can get Andrews. We want to make sure we're bidding on those players. We want to make sure we're price enforcing. If it falls to where we don't get bid up, then we have them. So we're in on those guys. We just want to make sure that we don't overbid. And then Fant and Thomas, one of the things that's interesting about these two players, that they fit into what is generally a a tight end dead zone to where we have the stars those guys create extremely high win rates and then if we miss the roster construction explorers tell us to be patient be patient and take three guys from the range that that comes quite a bit later as we talked about before i think that if you're extremely confident in the players and you would have them multiple rounds or maybe a full round above adp then getting the value between your ranking and where they're currently sitting is something that you have to take into pretty strong consideration so with Fant, we have a young player who's extremely athletic perhaps on the verge of a breakout with logan thomas we have a player who broke out in the second half of last season and now probably has a better situation than he had before because he has ryan fitzpatrick now there's a possibility with some changes to the way that offense runs with Fitzpatrick coming in and really changing the dynamic that maybe it won't play out that way. So we have to be aware of the risk as well, but a Fitzpatrick to Thomas connection as teams try and take away Terry McLaurin, you know, that could be almost this, you know, Derek Carr to Darren Waller type of situation there in Washington. So we want to have some exposure to that. And then, as you mentioned, Gesicki, another one of these guys where we have a young tight end, perhaps on the verge of a breakout. I like to really get the tight ends with the high upside. And then if you're in a league where you make your starting decisions, you you can look to see how they emerge. If you have that Fant-Gasicki tandem, then you have some opportunities as you go forward to play the guy who is emerging this season. Now, is it possible that neither one of them do? I mean, it definitely is. But we have to make some decisions at tight end. I like those guys to give us the upside to potentially have a league winner if we miss on the studs. Because if, if we go through the whole season and just can't compete with the top tight ends, that makes it very, very difficult. Finally, column, the last position here, quarterback. One of the things that's kind of fun, again, about selling these early rounds and really bidding very heavily in this ADP 50-ish range is that you can go after some guys like a Murray, like a Lamar Jackson, like a Dak Prescott, If you're bidding heavily in the first couple of rounds, you're just not going to have the money left to have anything other than a low-end QB. And maybe you're going to want that with some constructions. It's not that that's the end of the world to do it that way. But if you've taken this approach, the are looking at here, it's fun, right? Because you can have some of these other big-time stars at a position that isn't quite as expensive.
1: Yeah, and the names you've put in here are, are Murray and Jackson. I think, obviously, I mentioned on the the show on Tuesday about you know having an option to get those guys in your, your best ball leagues and that kind of fifth round that's a bit spread out. But uh, I, I definitely think they're targets. I know somebody who interests you probably in this range, I think, as well, is going to be Justin Herbert. And I think if you do wait that little bit longer, I think the prime target for me in this, if I was going in and I'm saying who I'm going to try and... Uh, win in an auction format i think the the value of joe burrow i think you know in the eighth round uh, in terms of adp but he might also depending on your league and your league mates he may also be the popular name to target but i think the likes of uh hammer herbert or you mentioned as well in the list jackson or murray i think they're the they're the candidates i'd be trying to target in that range
2: definitely joe burrow someone as we get better and better reports on his recovery and and those are coming from the team we know that they have some vested interest in making it look like he is going (laughs) to be ready but you know if, if you can't afford Jamar Chase if you get if you try and wait till the last minute on T Higgins you know if you're not a Tyler Boyd fan but you like that tandem then I mean Joe Burrow is just out there as a as a screaming value if he gets back up to speed by mid season, you know, the second half of that year for the Bengals offense is going to be, I think really something to behold. And so if you have a contest where you're really pointing toward the playoffs, you just need to make the playoffs and then you're going to win in the second half of the year, you're going to win down the stretch of the season. I mean, Joe Burrow, I, I think could outscore everybody. So, you know, we'll see if he can be kind of this Patrick Mahomes type of player who puts up the huge numbers without having the big time rushing production. You know, we have some individual years in the past where that's happened. You have an individual Drew Brees here. You have an individual Aaron Rodgers here. Maybe you will have Joe Burrow really toward the beginning of his career here, putting up that kind of monster season. I think that sometimes there's a little bit better chance, even for that at the beginning of a career, once a player gets to be just, as efficient as say a Peyton Manning or an Aaron Rodgers or a Drew Brees, you know sometimes they just don't need to pass as much. So this could actually be the season where Joe Burrow scores the most points. It's almost certainly going to be a season where he is the least expensive, if the scenario plays out the way that we're projecting. Now, I mean, if he has an injury—not riddled, but an injury-limited season where he's not quite himself—and Chase is kind of getting up to speed, maybe that doesn't happen. Maybe 2022 becomes the season but I think when we get to the point where it's clear that Joe Burrow is the star and this Bengals offense uh, is extremely explosive then you're going to have to pay for that this may be the one season where you get him at a little bit of a discount make sure you have some exposure
1: yeah definitely and uh, fun to talk through some of the auction strategies today Um, I know as we mentioned at the top of the show a lot of people do ask about it so hopefully you have enjoyed it if you're not in in, in the auction leagues hopefully it's you know giving you some uh, insights into it but uh, as always that's a a great piece by Matt Spencer and you can check it out over on rotaviz.com. you can also get yourself a 10% discount if you sign up for a rotavis pass all you have to do is enter the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout that's RVRADIO2021 at checkout go to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast for more information that's going to bring us to the end of the second show of the week it was a very interesting one to run through if you haven't checked out Tuesday's show head back and listen to it a lot of fun conversation between myself and Sean on that one as to how you can win yourself a grand prize of over $100,000 over at the FFPC in their best ball tournament and with that all that's left to say is my name's Colin Kelly you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland as always check out Sean's great work up on rotavis.com till we're back on Saturday with another show have a good one